0: It's Nick Brown, Editor-in-Chief of ADC. Welcome to the December Atoms. I wrote this piece in late October. The autumn gold at that point were fading or falling, dusk arriving early and the Easterlies building up over the Baltic. This time of year is all rather exhilarating and at the risk of clumsy metaphor, finalising the running order full of fresh and challenging papers evoked the same feeling. Space permits only a few mentions so let's crack on. I want to start with paediatric emergency medicine. We're excited about the launch of a new section, paediatric emergency medicine convened and coordinated by our editorial colleague Cynthia Mullen from the Children's Hospital Philadelphia. It will feature original research, hypothesis generating ideas and review articles. We'll kick start the series with two novel point of care triage studies. The first of these concerns ketones and dehydration. A bit of background. As we're all keenly aware, assessment of dehydration in the absence of immediate pre-illness weight is near impossible with next to no correlation between standard biochemical measures and degree of intracellular fluid deficit. Duman and colleagues in Dublin assess another attractive potential marker, serum point of care ketones at triage and moderate to severe dehydration, secondary to acute gastroenteritis, on clinical assessment using the Gorlick scale. I won't say more, suggest you read it. Loop Mediated Isothermal Amplification, or LAMP for short, has been with us for a while as a diagnostic tool and is now really establishing a foothold and is likely in the future to be a major component of assessment and triage. Ferris and colleagues report on the use of LAMP the diagnosis of meningococcal disease. They used data from three UK emergency departments between 2017 and 2019, in which consecutive children attending the ED with features of meningococcal sepsis were eligible for inclusion. The meningococcal LAMP test and the index test was available within an hour of sampling was performed on an oropharyngeal swab. Validity being tested against the reference standard of confirmation of invasive meningococcal disease defined as positive Neisseria meningitidis culture on PCR from a sterile site. Moving on to global health, there's a good case for arguing that snakebite is one or should be one of the listed neglected tropical diseases. In 2017, for example, snakebite and was reinstated on the list, some would say rather late in the day, with 5 million bites per annum, around 2 million envenomations, 100,000 deaths, and many more times left with permanent physical and psychological sequelae. The annual morbidity and mortality is among the highest of the group. Like other neglected tropical diseases, snake bite is primarily a disease of poverty. Climate change related to deforestation and mining, rendering vulnerable populations even more vulnerable. The vast majority of snake bites occur in Africa, 30% of the child cases, Asia and Latin America, with India having the single highest reported death toll. This is the first of a two-part series in which Sophie Patch, Jay Halbert and colleagues describe global snake bite epidemiology before moving on to specific management in the next instalment. Low birth weight and cardiac surgery. Given the 1.3 million incident cases annually and resource limitations, congenital heart disease is now one of the five most common causes of early child death globally, joining the perennials, pneumonia and acute gastroenteritis. Cardiac surgery centres have proliferated in lower middle income countries. There are compelling biological reasons for an association between lower birth weight and poor outcomes in children with congenital heart disease. From physiological ones such as greater susceptibility to cardiomyocyte proliferation and left ventricular remodeling, to the additional technical difficulty in simply performing the operations, Krishna Kumar and colleagues and Nama Chivayam's editorial describe mortality data from a large South Indian center in two epochs, 2011 to 14 and 2015 to 18, by birth weight, adjusting for severity of defect findings of importance to surgical provision planning. I'll end with a paper from the Drugs and Therapeutics section. This relates to the use of amoxicillin in neonates with suspected sepsis. A little bit of background. Sepsis accounts for 23% of all cause global neonatal mortality across the globe, outcomes being adversely affected by delayed care-seeking and poor adherence to parental antibiotic regimes, particularly in low- and middle-income countries. In many such settings, inpatient admission is not even an option, so the need for effective oral treatment as an adjunct to intramuscular aminoglycosides, which can be given as an outpatient, amoxicillin is an attractive option, though pharmacokinetic PK data in this age group is sparse, despite WHO recommendations for use where inpatient treatment is not feasible. Fasmamir and colleagues enrolled infants with signs of sepsis, enrolled in an oramoxicillin intramuscular gentamicin treatment arm of a sepsis trial, the SAT, Simplified Antibiotic Therapy Trial, in Karachi, Pakistan. Pharmacokinetic sampling was performed at Nortz two to three hours, and six to eight hours, following an index dose of oral amoxicillin. Plasma concentrations were determined by high-performance liquid chromatography, mass spectrometry, and values of greater than two milligrams per litre were considered as the effect threshold, given the regional minimal inhibitory concentration in the MIC of resistant strep pneumonia, Of 44 infants, six had positive blood cultures with predominant gram-positive organisms, Mean amoxicillin levels at two, to three hours, and six to eight hours were respectively five and eight times the required MIC following the index dose. So, based on these findings, oral amoxicillin appears to have great potential as a safe replacement of parenteral ampicillin, which is harder to administer and does require inpatient admission in newborn sepsis regimens, including aminoglycosides the practical importance of this finding cannot be overstated. I'd like to carry on and go through many more of this month's papers, but time wouldn't permit that. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to check out the website on adc.bnj.com and I'll talk to you next time. Have a good week. Bye for now.